Welcome to today's family experience, helping families pull together in a world that's pulling families apart. My name is Chuck Higley, and I'm your host, and I also lead the team here at Project Patch. Hey, I'm glad to have you with us today. My guest today is Daniel Harkavy, and I'll introduce him in just a minute. We recorded this episode last June, and for those of you who are regularly follow this podcast and or blog, um, you know that there haven't been any new episodes in a while, and I apologize for that. Um, I could go into lots of reasons, but the main one is that I've just been really, um, really busy and focused on a lot of other things. Um, things are going great here at Patch. We've got a lot of new things going on. I encourage you to take a, a minute and take a look at our new website, um, projectpatch.org. Um, there you'll learn all about our girls program um, that really is helping girls that are feeling anxiety, depression, self-harm, um, poor relationship boundaries, um, and also our boys program, which is really looking at those boys that are, are having a real struggle with, with launching. Um, these are the boys that are withdrawing, isolating, um, getting heavily into the world of technology, pornography, um, poor performance in school, although they're very capable, um, but kids that are really disengaging anger around the home. Um, you can picture those boys. And also home of, of the family program. So we're all about the family experience. Um, it's wintertime, so we're taking a little break from that, but there's a lot of seminars, different things that are happening that I'll tell you about a little bit more. You know, this podcast is coming at a great time of the year. Um, we're releasing right before the new year, and for a lot of people, it's just a natural time to do some reflection and also some planning. Um, Daniel Harkavy and Michael Hyatt wrote a book called Living Forward, A Proven Plan to Stop Drifting and Get the Life You Want. And it's really the perfect guide for that journey, and Daniel's a fantastic guide. And so we'll launch into that episode and um, really encourage you to take some notes get into the resources that Daniel's talking about, and put them into play with your family for this next coming year. Hey, my guest today is Daniel Harkavy, CEO and executive coach at his company, Building Champions. I first heard Daniel about nine years ago and immediately rushed out and bought his book, Becoming a Coaching Leader. I was just looking through the book today, and I still have my, my flight um, tags from all the flights I read it on and circles and pages. Um, mm. It's a technical book that was fantastic for me at the time, um, and it's been amazing because he and his team of coaches have assisted leaders around the world with household brands that you love and trust, ones that um, you use every single day. And he delivers one-on-one -on -one coaching to these leaders, provides executive retreats, and has been a sought-after speaker. Um, he's impacted probably your life in ways that you don't even realize. You know, I was thrilled when I heard that Daniel and Michael Hyatt were teaming up on a project on life planning. Um, this past year, they released a powerful book called Living Forward, A Proven Plan to Stop Dr Drifting and Get the Life You Want. You know, I read the book, I listened to the audio version, and Daniel and Michael in this pretty short, simple book provide not only the motivation for life planning, but proven steps. And so really, today's time that we spend together is going to be awesome because it's going to take us um, to a point of motivation and action that I think um, is going to be awesome. Daniel lives in West Lynn, Oregon. For many of you that have no clue where that is, that's a part of Portland. Um, he's a husband, father, and he's a person that creates success in others. Um, if you follow him on Facebook, you'll notice that a lot of his pictures are about surfing, snowboarding, skateboarding, all those things. It looks like you can't take the beach out of the boy. Um, but Daniel, thanks so much for being with us today and sharing with our parents about your book and the power of life planning. Chuck, it's uh, great to be with you, and I really appreciate your kind uh, opening words as you introduced me. Uh, that was definitely different and sincere, and I appreciate it. So it's great to be with you. Hey, you know, it's it's funny because we just met, but but it seems like like I've known you a while because of all the stuff that I've I've heard you do and, and stuff. But one of the things that that really stands out to me is that this is personal to you. This is not 
a business concept you're milking. This is this is something that's transformed your life. Can you share kind of how how it took hold in in your life and and how it kind of shaped to the point that you're at now? Absolutely. So you're 100% accurate. It is definitely personal. I'm a life planner. So uh, this is a process that I've been using for more than two decades now. And uh, all of you parents out there, I've got kids ranging from age 26 down to 12. And uh, and this process has really, really helped me, um, I think, to be a much more intentional father. So, you know, your your question, how did I come to it? Uh, I was in my 20s, I was in the mortgage banking world and enjoyed a great deal of success in that career. Um, but during that period of time, I had three young kids, all under the age of five, uh, when I made, came to a real big life decision. And at that time, my career had me traveling just about every week. Uh, I was moving fast. Uh, I was always accessible. I had offices throughout the Western US. And I went to a Promise Keeper event. And at that Promise Keeper event, I really felt like I was... Um, I was challenged. I was challenged to change the trajectory of my life. So I took a one-year sabbatical. I left that company. I moved from Southern California up here to the Northwest. And during that period of time, I spent some time with a friend of mine, a guy named Todd Duncan. And Todd was a kind of a guru for the mortgage banking industry. And he introduced me to the concept of life planning. And from uh, really that um, first introduction to the concept of life planning, Uh, I started to build my own life plan and I created a construct for it that then became very foundational for uh, how we help business leaders at building champions. So I did it for myself and then incorporated it into the coaching practice all because I believe that self-leadership always precedes team leadership. And said another way, folks, is self-leadership always precedes family leadership. So it's been something that has helped me to lead myself so that I can more effectively lead my family. Wow. So when you recall those days that you had of pre-sabbatical or or even the start of sabbatical, physically tired? You know, I I was definitely, uh, I would say, um, worn thin. I'm uh, I'm known as the Tasmanian devil. So (laughs) um, these days, now that I'm north of 50... (laughs) I'm definitely more tired today than I was back then in my <laughs> 20s and 30s. So I don't remember really being being tired, Chuck. I, I, I remember going pretty hard, pretty fast, but I think uh, for some reason I had a, a, a lot of energy, but I was probably a bit worn thin, you know? Yeah. What, why I ask that? Because I think there, there's times that all, you know, all the, all the, the, gauges or whatever that we say that that we might be focusing on are telling us hey you're doing great you're doing great you're doing great but when you step back and start looking at things from a different perspective maybe investing in other things you start realizing wow i really was more afraid i was more distracted i was maybe a little more irritable maybe a little more distant that you didn't even notice in the in the heat of the heat of the time Oh, yeah. So, I mean, those things, uh, maybe not the tired, but, oh, yeah, overwhelmed for sure. Uh, You know, going at such a frantic pace, could I have been more irritable and short-tempered, you know, a shorter fuse, uh, quick-tempered, shorter fuse? Heck, yeah. Um, I think that was all very, very real. And what happens is, you know, you look at what causes behavior that's not congruent with who you believe you are. And oftentimes... um, we focus on on the behavior 
and we try to be um, more patient or we try to be more energetic or we try to be more connected. But the behavior is uh, really, it's uh, the way that uh, something deeper in us is manifesting itself. And what happens is if we feel that we're out of control, if we feel that we're overwhelmed and we're not succeeding in the areas of our life that are most important to us, um, because we're hyper-focusing on maybe one or two areas of our life that are important, but they're not the most important, mm -hmm. all of a sudden that incongruity can cause internal frustration. And, you know, days go by that internal frustration because you're you're not living congruently, that will start to manifest itself in behaviors such as the ones that you're talking about, you know, the the, the frustration, the angst, the uh, tired, the overwhelm, the apathy, the anger, all of that. And it's because we're not really living uh, our lives as intentionally as we would like. And then we have regret and frustration because we're no, we know we're neglecting things that matter most, like our kids, our health, our, our marriages, things of that sort. So when you were, when you were a teen, you dreamed of more days on the beach, more days with your friends, eventually having a family, possibly that power of, of, it, it seems like you most likely were dreaming of, of a life that was, was pretty sweet, but then yeah, you discover in your twenties that, that you're on a grindstone <laughs> really successful, but not maybe getting the stuff that you really dreamed of. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, what I, what I was really feeling was I was feeling that I was, I was neglecting, hmm. um, I was neglecting things that mattered most and hyper-focusing on just my career, my finances, my team. And uh, I felt like my, my wife and my kids and my health were all kind of getting the leftovers. And I really felt like I was just, I'd run my course. I, you know, I had a good run there, but I, I felt like it was time for the chapter change. So I took a one-year sabbatical. And in that one-year sabbatical is when I came up with the idea to start building champions which uh, now 20 years later, uh, I'm super grateful um, for that Promise Keeper event and for hearing that uh, very strong encouragement to, to change course because, you know, I can tell you that in my younger years, yeah, I always dreamed of being wildly successful. Mm -hmm. I always, I, I had extended family that were and uh, I was never the greatest of students. I, you know, I don't have a college degree. Uh, school was never something that really captured my attention. So I did it, but, uh, you know, I was always a worker. I was always, uh, running different businesses and always working as well as playing and surfing. So there was always that work hard, play hard kind of yeah. mindset. So what I'm curious about is, is, um, as you got, you made a, a major transition and, and where I'm kind of going is that, is that there's a lot of parents that are on a track and it, and that track, it's pretty easy to stay on because there's a lot of unwritten rules that that's the right thing to do. There's even a lot of peer pressure. There's a lot of work pressure that this is what it takes. You know, this is the right thing to do. And as you started getting off that track, I mean, you're talking a sabbatical, leaving a team of people, leaving, um, you know, probably a lot of financial resources, maybe some upward mobility. What sort of pressure did you feel to get back you know, that, that maybe you were being foolish or maybe that, that you get to do it when you retire, you know, right now is the time for work. Did you feel that pressure to, to just do the status quo? Oh, heck yeah. I mean, I had all sorts of people saying, are you crazy? Yeah. You know, I had some of my old associates saying, you know, he's just, uh, he's having a little breakdown. He'll come back. He'll come back to his senses. Um, yeah, I had a lot of that. And, uh, 
And then I had doubt because no doubt about it, I was, I was, uh, I was leaving uh, financial security. Uh, I was leaving uh, a very comfortable um, life with a, a very promising upward uh, path from a financial and uh, just a kind of esteemed vocational perspective. So it was a high risk move, no doubt about it. And it's not one that I would encourage everybody to take. You've really got to, I think, you know, for me, I'm a man of faith, so you need to be in prayer. And if you're getting that that sense that this is what you're supposed to do, then do it. But I don't think that's really the, the primary message that... Uh, that I would want to share with folks. I think it's <laughs> you don't want all the parents chopping their jobs. And <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, I know that we're called to provide for our families. So, yeah. you know, I felt that angst during that one year period of time to get going again. And uh, after the relocation and really landing on this vision to do this, uh, I put everything I had into it. And I'm super grateful that today we're blessed with 20 years behind us. Yeah. So uh, I, I think the main message I would want folks to hear, and I, I hear where you're going, you know, I think this is what you're after. And what you're after is a lot of you are, and us people, we get stuck in this kind of drift. And mm -hmm. I talk about it in the book, Living Forward. But we get stuck in this reactive drift, doing what we believe, these unwritten rules, these expectations of us, we believe are right. And, you know, it can come at us a whole bunch of ways. And usually we, we're doing things that are good. Mm -hmm. um, we're filling our days and our evenings with good things. But the question is, are they the right things? And are they truly great things? Now, I've spent a lot of time with, with successful business leaders and, and folks throughout the community. And, and oftentimes people will complain of or you know, they'll lament over the fact that they're just so busy. And as a result of that, they're lacking real depth in their relationships. And it's because there's three practices that rob dinners every single night. Uh, you know, there's email inboxes that are too big to get after. There's more meetings than anyone can fit in a day. There's community and church and, and all of these different requirements. And if you're not aware, what you'll do is you'll react to all of these good opportunities instead of proactively and intentionally getting after the great things that matter most. So most of us don't stop and really take a look at where we're at and we just kind of drift along until all of a sudden something breaks and it's a relationship break, it's a health break, it's a spiritual break, it's something. And all of a sudden we stop and we go, all right, I've, I've had enough. But the problem is sometimes it's too late, you know, damage has been done. Yeah. And that's a powerful thing to say because I think with, with, as a parent of, of young kids, it's really easy to get caught up into a really busy lifestyle. I mean, there's some parents that are listening right now where you've got VBS, you've got sports, you've got um, extracurricular school stuff, volunteering. I mean, there's just uh, so much uh, of a list out there of, of, I need to do these things. My kid needs me to do these things. And before you know it, your kid's growing up and you, you've missed, you've missed some time. Um, That's big. So drift is really your, if, if you could say it, you, what you recognize for, for parents is that it's not necessarily bad things that are ruining our lives, a lot of it is just not being purposeful with the good things and, and that it takes us off course. Absolutely. You know, I think what happens is we're drifting and we're allowing good things to, to fill our calendar. So here's a concept, folks. Um, something that my wife, Sherry, and I, we, we have an event every September called The Experience. So in another couple months, The Experience will take place. 225 people will come to Sun River 
and it's for business leaders. But the very first day is around this living forward concept and life planning, and Sherry and I teach parenting and marriage. It's an optional session in the evening, and we've been doing this for nine years, and we've been involved with a lot of marriage and parenting stuff over over our 28 years now of marriage. Uh, but the one thing I would I would really want people to hear right now is you have to have a target. Mm. As parents, what's your target for your kids? Uh, you know, for you, Chuck, with your kids at your age, a great target's age 13. Your kids being <laughs> less than the age of eight, right? Yep, correct. So age 13 is a super good target for you. And then once they get to that 12 or 13 mark, the next target's 16 or 18. And what's the target look like for there? And then once they get to 18, what's the target for 25? And then what's the target for them as responsible adults? And if we can gain clarity around the target, that destination point, that that you know place we'd like to see them, not meaning what they're doing, but more of who they are, mm-hmm. then we can start to align our behaviors and our schedules and our interactions in a way that is more intentional in comparison to being reactive, which is highly emotional, right? So when parents are frustrated and when parents, you know, come to work or, uh, you know, they come to to church on Sunday or whatever it may be, and their their heads are hanging low because they feel like they're blowing it, and they've got regret, and they're missing it as moms and dads. Oftentimes, it's because they've reacted out of emotion. Mm-hmm. They've done something, said something, or behaved in a way that's not congruent with who they want to be as moms and dads. And it's because we're confused. You know, we're trying to keep up with this cultural current. We're drifting instead of having a real clear target of where we want to take our kids. Yeah. And then how are we going to get there? Wow. You know, I had an incident this week in which uh, my kids are taking swimming lessons and they had a break between the last lessons and, and this new one. And this new one's at a, at a way higher level. It's a pre-swim team level. So there's a lot of swimming, a lot of laps, a lot of pretty technical stuff. And they were physically not up to it and skill wise they weren't up to it and wow it was disappointing because you know we're the ones as parents that had registered them for the class and so in that moment it's painful to watch but you know in the last two weeks as they've dropped down a level to get back up to that level it's been great to see how that's going to long-term impact their character you know and so it's nice for me and and what i really hear you saying is that is that when you have that longer term perspective you know this will help for that even though it's it's really painful for today, it's it's going to get them to the point that that they're going to be functioning thirteen year olds, eighteen year olds. You know, they this will help them become better drivers. Maybe um, that perspective is powerful. Well, and so much of it, Chuck, is how do you and your wife respond when your kids fail in that situation? Now, I remember I was a soccer coach when my boys were young. This was a lot of years ago. And I, I could watch the parents and I could tell you which kids were going to need imme- immense therapy <laughs> when they got into their teenage years. And I could just watch as a result of how the parents responded to the kids' performance on the soccer field. You know, I could remember dads living out their own insecurity mm-hmm. from their own past when their kids missed a shot. When their kids, you know, when they were real young, their kids start shooting towards the opposite goal. You know, their kids are uh, out there in la-la land yeah. when, the, when the ball comes their way. And what happens is oftentimes we as parents, um, we're not aware of it, but d- during our parenting years, we're living out a lot of what we experienced in our developmental years. And uh, you know, you'll, you'll see people respond to a failure or a setback in their kids' lives 
in a way that can cause shame, mm -hmm. frustration, immense disappointment. And if we would stand back and say, what's that about? You know, what, what would have success in that sporting event, in that academic event, in that artistic event, what would, have, would it have really led to for them? And what does it truly mean? Wow. And is it the most important thing? And the thing I would have all of you really listen to right now and even write this down is your kids are not your report card. How they perform does not directly reflect on you as a parent. Your kids are working out their skills, their intellect. They're working it out on their own and they're their own little human beings. But so often we respond in ways that tell the world we believe these kids are a report card. And then we end up trying to look good in front of people that we don't really give a rip about, the folks we see every Saturday on the soccer field, and we damage our kids uh, and, and cause uh, you know, some real pain that could take years and years to unwind if we ever can. Wow. So, You know, that's powerful. Your kids are not your report card. And yeah. really, the, the power of, of, of living forward and, and your work that you do with, with Building Champions is, is not just waking up people from the drift. You know, realizing that it's easy for families to get there, it's easy for parents to start um, in the sense that, that you have accounts in your life for esteem, for success. And if you start <laughs> having your kids be the, how would you describe, the fuel for your own success, that, that really is, I mean, you're getting things flipped around and causing a, a lot of damage. And, and so really your work is is for parents and I mean business people, whoever, is sitting down and going through a process that causes an awakening. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think that's where you start oftentimes. So, so the process of living forward and life planning is all about creating a GPS for your life. And instead of drifting, instead of being, being reactive and unintentional, it's about living proactively and intentionally. So what we do is we, we help clients to, wake up and realize that there's um, more opportunity for them. We work with people who want to develop leadership capacity in business and in life. I mean, that, that's the end of the story. Mm -hmm. So you start with waking up or assessing where you're at in current reality, and then you move from there to, okay, um, what would I like to see? And we have a belief that uh, there is all sorts of opportunity for us to create a better tomorrow. You know, we always say here, the best is yet to come. And we have a belief in the, the fact that the best is yet to come. And when you do that, you start to create a vision for the future that will enable you to see there's a gap between what could be and what is. And when you've got a gap between what could be and what is, you can then start to change thinking, belief, and behavior so that you get different results. So let me unpack the theoretical. If I see, and I've got my life plan in front of me, so let me give you guys an example. All right. Um, so, so this was uh, the last version of this one. My daughter, who is now 12, was eight. And the vision I had for her is as such. So I've said I'm a man of faith. I'm going to read it to you guys as is. Don't listen to agree or disagree. Don't judge on anything other than try to understand what I'm doing here. So my vision for my daughter. When Emily is 13, she is walking intimately with the Lord. She has grown so much as a result of the influence her older siblings are in her life. She's growing as a result of homeschooling and is surrounded by a few close friends who are there for her as she mourns the loss of her siblings leaving the home. So, you know, five, six years ago, what I saw for Em was 
she's going to go through a radical shift when these older siblings of hers, the next one closest to her is nine years. Uh, there's a nine year gap between the two of them. And what I, what I wanted to see was who's she going to be at the age 13 when quite possibly there's none of them in the home. Wow. And, uh, so I started really focusing on that. So there's a vision and a gap that gets created from future state to where that current reality was back, you know, six years ago or however long it was ago. And that's really, I mean, as a, as a parent, you're empathetically noticing there's moving parts in our family. She's going to be going through change and she's going to need support. And and these are some ways that, that based on her personality, you see it, you see it needing to go to, um, it's not a, it's not a, it sounds to me more like a, a realization and an awareness rather than a prescription. Yeah. So there's no prescription in it because I'll tell you what, um, I am the last guy to tell you I have life figured out. So <laughs> don't hear me saying that. But what I am telling you is I think that we are, we were created to create, um, more opportunity and to bring more value to others. We've been given a great brain. The Hebrew scriptures, uh, one of the fav- my favorite Hebrew scriptures is found in the Psalms. In Psalm 90, 12, it says, so teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And when we truly believe that our days here are limited, all right, not just knowing it, mm-hmm. but truly believing it, we can then gain a heart of wisdom. And in our heart is where our convictions are. Our beliefs and our convictions come from our heart, from deep within, not just the cerebral. Everybody intellectually knows they need to, to lose weight or they need to eat better, or they need to get more sleep or they need to treat people better. We all know that, but why is it that so many of us struggle with it? Intellectually, it's there, but it's not a deep, deep core belief of ours because we haven't really done the reflective work to assess where we're at and where we want to be. So, you know, you... you teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. When you realize that your opportunities here are limited, there's only a finite number of them. Then what you do is you start to realize I'm in control of the decisions I make each and every day. Okay. I'm not in control of how others will respond. I'm not in control of all of the, the, the broken parts of life. So this isn't a prescription for a successful life. What this is, is this is a construct that can help you to be more intentional and more proactive so that you have more peace of mind because what you realize is you're filling your day with more of the right things mm. and more present. And that's the big deal with it. Yeah. And that's, you know, the, the power is, is that you're, you're realizing that there, are, there, are, there is a time constraint. Um, one of the concepts that, that you really do is once you know what you need, it translates into your, your calendar. You know, you're making sure that there's, that you're in a sense, giving your, your, your time, the directions to get you the results that you need. And so this isn't just a theoretical, pretty thing. Um, that, that life plan for your daughter, that, that section that you had written out ends up becoming tactical things that are, are, I'll make up the word calendarized, you know, that, that become, become practices that will get you there. Absolutely. So, you know, when you, when you have your life plan, what you have is you have each of your accounts, you've got a vision for where you want to be in that account. You have a purpose. What's the role that you play? What's your purpose in stewarding that account and caring for that account? 
you might have a, a key verse or a, an inspirational quote that helps you to, to think about it even bigger than you might naturally do so. And then you've got specific actions, actions for my Emily account, long hugs daily, offer to play a game with her most nights, no less than three times a week, bedtimes whenever home, alone time with just her every day, date her monthly, coordinate a daddy-daughter getaway with her and this other two couples with the, with the dads and their, their, uh, their daughters, and to do so in July or August. Listen to her play the piano, guitar, and sing at least two to three times a week. Help by being involved with her schooling weekly. Saturday chore review and allowance. All of these activities are specific things that I can intentionally do to help stack the odds of her being who I would like to see her being, for our relationship to being like I would like to see it being at that age of 13, which is kind of crazy. It's, you know, it's next month. It's August. So. <laughs> Uh, time marches on and, and oh so you've you've done this work with so you've got the the you said four kids three kids i have four kids four of kids. my own so sherry and i have four harkavies and then we have all sorts of other kids that have lived with us on and off since 1996 so there's five or six other kids that uh we've had the privilege of of uh having in our home for uh more than a, a few years and and, and uh, so each one of these kids has a has an account with they do that specific of this is and and they could be different i mean oh, yeah. not they're, could they're be they, they are different <laughs> between yeah they're between all, all the different kids. because you know there's boys there's girls there's men there's women there's different stages of life they like different things so yeah you've got a different one and and, and so there's a little tip folks for those of you who read living forward i'm going to tell you that buying the book and reading the book is good but it's not great you've got to buy the book read the book and then you actually have to invest one day to build your life plan and that one day needs to be um, done somewhere special. You need to do it uninterrupted, and you need to dive deep to come out with the plans that will enable you to be really clear on how you want to live forward and be more intentional. And once you do that, then you review it all of the time. Um, so, you know, with that, um, oftentimes people will just put one account, and it's their family account. Uh, or their kid account, and they'll put all of their kids into that one account. And I will always coach people to say, it's great to have a family account that talks about the family unit, but you should have a, an account for each person that you play a unique stewardship role or you play a unique role in relationship. So, of course, your spouse, your kids, uh, anyone else that's that, there's a unique role that you play, you should have an account for them. You know, and I did that that the first time I did it, it, it gets easier over time, but I yeah. did it in Washington park, um, cup of coffee sitting on benches <laughs> and it was hard, but it was good. You know, yeah. the, the questions, um, the process and, and, and I think the coaching leaders was a, was a great resource for that. I think living forward, it makes it even, even easier to walk through that process. There's a lot of worksheets. Um, and for people that are, are wondering, there's, you know, the website for the Living Forward is just livingforwardbook.com. Um, I think you guys have some some worksheets to guide people through that one-day process that are, are available there um, as people purchase the book and, and makes it, in a sense, you, 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 take the, you take the guesswork out of this. Absolutely. Yeah, there's all sorts of tools on there for you. They're all free. Um, you can get them without buying the book, uh, but the book will definitely 
help. Uh, we, we released the book on March 1st, and uh, we've had a lot of great feedback on how the book has really illuminated this journey for people. And, and I would encourage you folks to read it and then take the day and invest it. And, and the sooner the better. Um, I've run into so many people over the years, Chuck, where I've walked them through this life planning process. They're in their 40s, 50s, 60s. And they've said, man, I wish somebody would have walked me through this when I was mm. in my 20s. I wish I would have gone through this yeah. in my 20s. And so, th- yeah, and that's really something I want to talk through, you know, just as, as we, you know, get ready to close up here is um, with Project Patch and, and some of the parents that, that are listening can really relate because, you know, they've, they've trusted us with their kids. They know these, these kids that... Um, you know, they're 14, 15 years old and they're apathetic. You know, they just, they, they're hopeless about their futures. They, they feel like tomorrow's going to be worse than today. Um, they don't seem to try, you know, they're, they're good students. They're sharp kids, but they don't turn in homework. They don't, they don't, they're the opposite of the type A personality. You know, they, they tend to be able to hyper-focus on video games or on drawing or something like that. But when it comes to future buildings type stuff, they, they're disengaged. How do we, I'll go ahead. Yeah. Is there, and, and I say for these kids, life planning would probably be the most powerful thing imaginable, but how, how do you transition? How, how do you inspire those kids just to get into something like this? All right. So that's a huge question. Um, I don't think life planning is for kids at the age of 14 or 15. I think that they have to want it. You know, there's some kids that are going to be that young that are going to be that wise, but most kids that are 14 or 15, they, they believe they're immortal. Yeah. Um, they, they don't want to think about tomorrow. They're trying to just deal with the hormones that are causing chaos in their life today. So my advice to you is if you have kids that are not excelling and they're not type A's, that's okay. It is okay. What you need to do is you need to worry about how you're living and how you're leading them and what's your life showing them Mm. through your actions, not through your words, but through your actions. So you need to be living intentionally. You need to be getting your life plan in order so that you're responding to them and treating them in ways that are going to let them know beyond the shadow of a doubt they're loved. Beyond the shadow of a doubt, no matter how well they do, no matter what they do, they're loved and that home's safe. And if you can create that for them, that's going to be the single greatest gift you can give to them. Then the next thing you do is you encourage them by your belief in them. And understand that our kids all have different skills and different behaviors and different personalities. You know, I've been around so many kids. Uh, you know, I've taught junior high school for years, years and years, two decades on and off of uh, being involved with you know, kids' lives uh, in the, the junior high school years in high school. And what you see is kids are all wired differently. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want them all to be programmed the same way. Not all are type A. So, you know, folks, here's going to be a couple shameless plugs. Look up harkaveyfurniture.com or look up Ali Ray Photography. You know, those are my kids. They're entrepreneurs, all of them artists, but they've started their own companies. And if you would have seen them, you know, depending upon which one of the kids, you know, some of the kids ate math up. I mean, they were just all over it. And others would, uh, you know, freak out, flip out, and uh, throw tantrums over math. And it was because it was so difficult. Yet when you put a pencil in their hand and said, all right, draw something, they were fantastic. You mm-hmm. put a guitar in their hand, 
fantastic. Put a camera in their hand, amazing. So, so what I would say is our, our job is to steer our kids towards their areas of passion and then to fan the flame where they can be really, really good and, um, and not get so caught up in having them fit the system. I think they need to have a passion for learning. I think they need to figure out how to problem solve. I think they need to know who they are. I think that they need to, uh, you know, they need to be given the freedom and the time to explore. I think that's one of the problems of all this busyness is, you know, kids are so busy with homework and then all of these different practices, they don't have the bandwidth to explore where they might have some really natural, beautiful gifts. And I think there's all sorts of folks in their 30s, 50s, you know, 60s and 70s that are doing the job, you know, they're working the machine, but they, they know that they have this passion over here that they never really got to explore. They never really got to see if, if they could be a singer. They never really got to see if they could be an entrepreneur. They never really got to see if they, they could be some sort of a creator or whatever it may be. So, you know, that's more than you want, buddy. But no, I, 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 I love that because I'm, what stands out as, as you're sharing that is that our kids need open space. No doubt. They, they need that open space to be able to experiment, to be able to try things, to fail, to succeed, to, to enjoy, enjoy that, that exploration so that, that when our kids don't have open space because their life is so much of that drift and so full of expectations, that is setting them back. And I, and I think the second thing is that it, the power that you said is, is a parent that has that contagious love of life and contagious exploration and curiosity and you know that that that's the power that fuels our kids contagiousness because i think in, in a sense their peers are feeling a lot of of self-consciousness you know the 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 system in a sense of of a lot of schools and a lot of places is let's get let's get conformity um but a parent that's comfortable in that in that world of the unknown and discovery, that's, that's hugely powerful. I mean, I, I love that because, you know, that's something that as parents we can control, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We, we can control ourselves Yeah, and, and that's it, you know? So I think you're hitting it spot on Chuck. I mean, spot on so much of how our kids develop. It's caught. It's not taught. You've all heard that before. Mm -hmm. They're observing us, and I would just say that, uh, you know, the, the book's not being finished with this one page or this one mm. chapter. So here you are, and, you know, we're doing this, uh, this podcast at the end of June, and there's a chance that, you know, your kids got uh, their semester report cards and they weren't great, or maybe they're lethargic and not wanting to get outdoors, they want to play video games, or whatever it may be, don't treat this one page today, June, July, whenever you're listening to this of 2016, as if it's a standalone and it is going to be terminal. It's final. Instead, understand this is part of their journey. How are you going to respond? How are you going to draw them out? How are you going to encourage them? What are you going to invite them into? And how you're living will play such a big role. So my best advice to all of you parents is make sure that you're living lives with intentionality and being proactive and to where you have a belief that the future can be better than today. And you've done the, the deep work to figure out what that could look like. And now you're aligning your activities, your behaviors, and your thoughts 
with where you want to go versus just staying stuck in the drift. Wow. Daniel, that is, that is powerful. To me, the, the inspiration and the tools you provided that every parent, you know, there's some parents out there that are listening right now that are saying, you know, that's not for me because I'm not a reader. Well, get the audible version. Four hours later, <laughs> you're going to be good to go with a couple tools. Um, there is no, there's no excuse, you know, and, and your book takes through that process and then it's going to, through, through the parent taking that, that time, it's going to impact the kids. It's going to become something that, that I think is, is going to be a huge gift for the parents that are listening. So, you know, to me, I, I'm just so thankful for your time you've spent, spent with us, um, you know, further ways to, con- to connect, um, building champions.com living forward um, there's an assessment that, that you guys have created called living forward assessment and it's at living that's some clever titling there. Yeah. Uh, but going to that will give give people some idea of hey what is what, what is it that these people keep talking about when they're talking about life accounts? Um, I've got some um, stuff I'll put in our show notes about um, the the websites you mentioned, um, the Alley Ray Photography and and Harkavy Furniture is that those are the two you mentioned? Absolutely. So people can see see some of the results of this. But to me, you've you've there is a, a wealth of information. I, I'm thinking that this is one of those episodes that people are going to listen to a couple times and and take some quotes away from it. Um, your kids are not your report card. <laughs> I need to tattoo that one to my arm. <laughs> oh, yeah, we all do. <laughs> but Daniel, it's been fantastic. Is there anything else that you'd like to share in closing with 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 our audience? I would just say, um, you know, the role we play as parents is by far one of the most meaningful, meaningful, wonderful roles we're ever going to get to play in. Um, don't rush through it. Mm. Don't don't um, wait and anticipate and, uh, you know, pray for uh, summer to end so you can get rid of the kids and they're back at it. Don't um, don't sit there and and count the days until they graduate and you send them off to college. If you're having challenges today and if it's hard for you, uh, yeah, join the club. I mean, parenting's not easy, but I'll tell you what, the role that we get to play in these young humans' lives, it's so meaningful. And if we do it right, you know, if we do our best, we're intentionally do it right, what we'll wind up with are these kids that wind up in their 20s and they're no longer just our kids, but they're truly just cool human beings that are switched on that we dig hanging out with, Mm -hmm. you know, deep relationship, deep community, beautiful, beautiful, intense, immense love. It's awesome. So it's neat, you know, for me to be at the stage, I've got one kid getting married in a month. I've got another one that I think will be engaged before a month or so is over. And, uh, and I can't wait to be a grandpa. Um, they're really sweet years. So no matter what challenges you're going through, drop to your knees, pray, be present, and uh, create that safe, loving environment for them to where they know you're for them, regardless of what challenges uh, you might find yourselves in with them. Wow. Thank you, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Truly, a, truly an honor and a pleasure. I love the topic. So many good things in that interview. I'm grateful for Daniel for taking the time to share, and I know that I'm better for it, and I'm I'm hoping you are too. You'll want to go to our show notes at todaysfamilyexperience.com for the episode um, and do a quick search, or you'll see it right there on the page um, called Living Forward as a Parent. 
and I'll share there all the links for the interview that we had. And there's, there's a bunch of them. You'll want to take some time and get, get acquainted with all of them. Um, especially the living Ford book, the living Ford assessment, and then just a, a fun time looking at some of the stuff that Daniel's kids are doing. You know, a couple of items before we go, for those of you in the Portland, Southern Washington area, or those of you that really love travel, um, I'm presenting a couple local seminars in the month of January. January 20th and 21st, I'll be at the Adventist Community Church in Vancouver. Um, 7 p.m. on Friday night, I'll be talking about Life Ready Kids. Um, This is a powerful um, chance for us to really look at what we're shooting for. You know, as parents, I think through this episode, it's been really clear that unless we have a target, um, we're going to be in a situation that that our kids are less likely to reach it. And so it's just a chance to really kind of spend some time together looking at what um, Life Ready Kids look like and, and how we can help our kids reach that. Um, Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m., same venue, the Adventist Community Church in Vancouver. Um, we're going to be going into raising tech-safe kids with a presentation called Help, Technology is Invading My Home. We'll dive into um, issues like pornography, video games, um, social media, some of the things that... Um, our kids are really challenged by it, and as parents, it's, it's one of those things that we aren't sure exactly how to, how to deal with it. You know, I have parents all the time ask me the question, you know, what age should I get my kid a smartphone and, and different questions like that, and we'll spend time answering those questions and really looking at how you can have that powerful relationship with your kid. Um, January 28th, so the weekend after that, I'll be in Oregon City at the Family Focus Forum. It's a group um, that puts on a, a thing through the Oregon um, Oregon City School District, and it's just a really powerful um, group of speakers, presenters, groups um, that get together for a, for a Saturday there and, and talk about parenting and talking about raising kids. Uh, it's something that's free. Um, you do have to register. You can find out more information on our site, but it's not just me. There's a bunch of great resources for that. Um, free breakfast, free lunch, lots of fun. And so you'll want to be um, asked that you join me on the January 28th for that family focus forum. Um, I'll be presenting late in the afternoon with a seminar called uh, Motivating My Unmotivated Teen. Um, so it should be a lot of fun to be with that group. Enjoy being with them. So you can find more information um, from all the things that we've got going on on the calendar at todaysfamilyexperience.com. Um, thank you for your time today. Thanks again to Daniel Harkavy. Now go connect with your kids. We can help at Project Patch and the Family Experience.